Hey, what's going on? It is Lou here with and, uh, my boy Kevin. Hey, Lou, what's going on, brother? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Kevin Grine and uh, myself here uh, recording live from Alaska's comic book shop, Aegis Comics of Alaska. We are both with Elite Real Estate Group, and we are licensed realtors in the state of Alaska. And this is another episode of Comics and Cribs. Number two. Number two. So, how has it been for you this week? This week's been an interesting one. Uh, there's a lot of inspections going on, Some learning a lot of new things about mold that I hadn't known before. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll be looking forward to having him come out and talk with us about that stuff. Now, uh, uh, do you think that the mold increase is because of all the windstorms and stuff, the snowstorms that we had? Uh? That, uh, the, yeah, the amount of snow that we had and the wind, and then the, sometimes when we had those you know, little warm days where the top layer would melt off and then just get covered again, and that's what I'm hearing, and getting to the crawl space and just not proper ventilation in some areas. Yeah, I think the attics, too, because I know in our area uh, people were seeing leaking uh, coming from the... Uh from the exhaust fans and my, stuff. My neighborhood got hit hard too. I'm, so I'm in Palmer and like right in the wind alley. Yeah. And uh, a lot of our, a lot of the uh, neighbors were complaining about snow. They showed pictures and there was eight inches of snow all across their attics. Oh. Coming out man. of light fixtures once it started warming up up there. And it was insane. Luckily, I was lucky. I don't think we have anything up there. I'm just kind of scared to get up there and take a look though. Oh, but man. Uh, we haven't had any issues. I did have. Right after that big windstorm after Christmas, once we had that first little bit of thaw, um, I had water coming into the, the vent inside my microwave. What? Yeah, I think so that the, the flap that's on the roof that, you know, for the exhaust, fan, yeah. uh, I think it got frozen open for a little bit. Our little piece of ice got stuck in there, and when it melted, it just drained right into my microwave. Oh, no. I was a little weird there. Everything turned out good, though. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because uh, you have some people, they have the exhaust on the roof. Some people have them on the sides of the houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the snow buildup on sides of houses was ridiculous. You know, yeah. I've heard of people, uh, their heating system shut down momentarily because they had a Yeah, a lot of people's exhaust weren't being yeah. cleared out. And that was, one, that was one thing we were trying to get to our clients, too. Like, when that snow happened, we had, well, we had four to six feet in some areas in a short period of time right before Christmas. And then the wind blew it right over and it's blocking off the exhaust for the the air intake and everything. And we were trying to get our clients out there to make sure they opened it up so they were able to have a functioning furnace down there. Oh, wow. Man, Man, I'm telling you, dude. And then you have to wonder if insurance is going to cover a lot of that stuff, too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it does, sometimes it doesn't. And, And it makes you wonder about that because... Uh, you know, nine out of ten times, people are still financing their their homes through, you know, through a mortgage company mm-hmm. or th- through a bank. And the only collateral the bank has is that home. So you wonder if if uh, uh, the like when the bank. In some cases, I know some people have property insurance that's through their bank. That it's rare, but I know it happens, and I wonder if the banks are really pushing these insurance companies to make sure that they're covering stuff like this. Because sometimes you hear these nightmare stories where it's not covered, mm-hmm. but then now the only collateral for the bank and for the investors could possibly be 
destroyed because <laughs> they're refusing to pay for certain damage repairs, you know. And I know I just went down a, a rabbit hole on that because uh, you hear all the time, you know, with flooding and earthquake damage and stuff. And then you're shocked when you're not covered. Mm-hmm. You're shocked when all of a sudden you find out that, yeah, we're not paying for that. Or the coverage isn't going to cover the entire cost. Right, right. Yeah. And then you're sitting there going, geez, well, you know, you, you would think that the financial institution would step in on that, you know, and maybe add some pressure on your behalf because of the fact that, well, if you can't afford to repair that and uh, the house just, you never recover, now what? Mm -hmm. You know, now the house isn't livable, you know. I know it's rare that it happens, but I know it does happen. Yeah. And I wonder if that's a contributing factor to some of these uh, uh, foreclosures that we're seeing out here right now, where you're seeing these houses are just tore up, too. The, mm-hmm. uh, I just saw um, a house in, uh, off of church where the, the whole uh, downstairs mold, and it's because uh, the, the, uh, uh, the house hasn't been occupied for a little bit because the... the pipes had frozen, all kinds of stuff, and you're just sitting there going, oh, God, you know what? How much is it going to cost just to get this repaired? And then if you can get it on market, you know, uh, uh, what are you going to get out of it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And are you going to have somebody, you know, that's the other thing, too, is like with the flippers right now. uh, I don't think the people that are jumping into flipping really know what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when when you got a house that's full of mold or, or uh, significant water damage, or you know, uh, j- just the, the bad things that happen to these homes out here in Alaska, I don't think they understand uh, everything that they have to do to repair the house and what it actually is going to cost. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the, especially the with all the TV shows making flipping look super easy. Yes. All the the people that are inexperienced or the DIYers like over the weekends that don't have all the experience that they should have to to, to tackle these type of tasks. They're finding out real, real quick. It's not, it's not as easy as TV makes it look. Oh, you know, uh, uh, I mean with mold, depending on how bad it is, you're going to have to remove all the drywall or a good portion of it. And it should be done by, qualified person that does it and that is not a cheap task right there i'll tell you that i'm finding that out right now uh what are the prices you're seeing right now for a mold repair i so i saw one quote it was a for crawl space around 12 or 1300 square feet and it was for just the bare minimum type of work done for it and it was a little over ten thousand. Holy! just for the crawl space damn damn you know that's that's not an expense people are prepared for. Yeah. Uh, yep. Especially if your insurance doesn't cover it. Once mm-hmm. again, now that's ten grand that you gotta you gotta come up with. Yep. And it's not like you have much choice. You gotta get it repaired yeah. quickly because not it's a health issue. Yeah. It's gonna get popped on any home inspection if you're trying to sell. It's it's just yeah. best to take it. And, and your health is at risk too because you got most crawl spaces up here. That's where our furnaces are at. So that's where our air intake is. You're, you're risking getting that into the air and then going yeah. into the home and then breathing it in and Jesus. best to take care of it but it's not a neat, not a cheap way to cheap thing to do no there and we're just talking about mold now you have a, a you get your buyer that's I want to do a flip you know and 
and uh, uh, they find the house, and you find out that the house was a meth lab, for instance, mm-hmm. or you know, or had a meth lab in it. That's a completely different ball game right there. Knocking uh, on wood, I haven't had an issue with that yet, but yeah. uh, I bet you have any stories about those. Yeah, uh, so in law enforcement, we had it where it was mandatory that if you had a meth lab, you were supposed to call the DEA, mm-hmm. Department of Justice, immediately because the Department of Justice had funding where they could come in and they did the cleanup, which was fantastic because yeah. uh, for those people that are trying to do the cleanup on their own you got to find someone like Taylor Restoration or something else and they essentially have to tear the house well all the drywall has to come out in some cases they have to replace some of the studs correct me if I'm wrong uh, all the vents everything in the meth house yeah uh, that's not that's big everywhere. and uh, uh, I forgot who was telling us this uh isn't there? There was a realtor that got slammed for that because she didn't disclose that uh, uh, the home was a meth house, and she ended up uh, getting hammered for the entire amount I, of the house. I thought I brief barely remember something about that, but I do remember, and it is definitely, especially if it was declared to her, but she never right. declared it to the market. That's a big, that's a big no-no right there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I know it happens. You know, a lot of times they play dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, don't. I think this is what I'm worried about, and this is a segue into a topic I was wanting to bring up, is that I am very fearful with the way that the market is right now, and you're seeing realtors, seasoned realtors that are leaving the profession up here in Alaska. Mm -hmm. I, I hear that it's different in the lower 48. It's actually still essentially booming but up here you got guys that have been doing this you know a decade or more and they're out yeah i am worried that because of desperation because of the fact that they don't have another source of income that they're gonna uh, some of these realtors are gonna go back to the shady practices and i'm really worried about that and Mm -hmm. it's not because they're evil people but because they're desperate because they've got their mercedes benz or their bmw or their beautiful house you know, yeah. on the lake or at the golf course or whatever, and they're they're trying to maintain that lifestyle, and they're going to do whatever it takes not to not allow a a a, a, a deal to go through. Yeah, that's and, that's that's a risk. Luckily, I I haven't dealt with anyone that I would feel would cross any ethical lines in in my experience so far. But there, there's all those. There's always those horror stories, and there's already a stigma when it comes to realtor or, or a real estate agent or licensee, and that's just on. It's unfortunate because I've come across several very good ones, and there are some that I would say are they don't they don't break any laws, but they're they're in the gray zone for sure. Um, but that's just where you got to find the right realtor that you know is going to be. Walk the line for you, but get the job done for you at the same time. Well, uh, Jerry Royce out of uh, Anchorage, he uh, he does a lot of training, and he, uh, it's uh, Royce and Associates, and he just sent out an article to the people that subscribe to it, and uh, it was talking about withholding offers, and this is something that's happening right now. Yeah. And he was talking about, he says an article, he says, uh, and I'm quoting his article here, it says, uh, we have received numerous complaints about a practice that is happening more frequently. With less inventory on the market, some licensees have been violating the law by withholding information on listings, 
misrepresenting availability, or not presenting other licensees' offers when in a multi-offer situation. And the question is, is it wrong? And the answer is yes. Okay. It actually violates numerous Alaska statutes, regulations, and realtor codes of ethics. <clears throat> You know, there, it's hard to prove in a sense that when you're when you represent a buyer and you put in an offer that you know has a lot of attention. Um, there, there's on, there's on our, in our offer the P, the purchase and sale agreement on the last page. There's a spot for the seller to accept flat out the offer, make a counter offer, or just straight up deny your your offer. Right. And it's so hard to get that sheet signed up if you're not the winning bid. And mm-hmm. that's when you, it's so that's why it's important for us to get that because that tells us if the seller actually looked at our offer and so that's just going to be a practice now that we have to start putting in there just to make sure that our offers are being seen so i'm seeing a lot more of where you know double-sided deals yeah now that makes me a little worried that maybe something's going on there but i like to believe more than not that people are going to do the right thing for their their clients and not put their own interest ahead of their client's interest well, that's interesting that you say that. I don't think a lot of people know that, that they should, uh, uh, if they lose out on a multi-offer, mm-hmm. that they should insist on getting that. Uh, yep, it, it's it's tough to get it back, especially especially during COVID when everyone was crazy busy. It was hard to just get one signature on an active deal going where you're already pending with them. But to get a seller that had you know, 15, 20 offers, to have to go back and sign all those, it was just a pain. I, I rarely was able to get, you know, seventy percent of my contracts that didn't or offers that didn't get accepted get those right ignitions back. But and uh, uh, I presume that's where the ethics complaints would go in. That would if be you that would be your first start. Yeah, yeah. that would be your first start. At least that would bring up the question mm-hmm. would arise from that. Definitely. Yeah, that that's uh, that's. That's always been in the back of my mind. I, I hope that that hasn't happened to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I've been, uh, you know, I've been representing buyers where we've been on the losing end of multiple uh, offer situations. <clears throat> if you weren't on the losing end on several for one buyer during the height of COVID and everything, yeah. it was, it, that would have been a rare. Yeah. You're either offering way too much or you're going crazy on like the... Uh, you know, the appraisal gaps or the inspection waivers and stuff like that, which I'd never recommended for any of my clients. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is uh, uh, um, dealing with the emotions of the of the client, too. Mm-hmm. I got to have it. I got to have it. No, you, you really don't because yeah. you're going to hate me a couple of months from now or a year <clears> from now <throat> when you realize that you paid the most for a property that is similar or identical to other properties in your neighborhood. Yep. You know, when your next door neighbor shows up, your new neighbor who moves in, you see the moving truck and you find out that they paid, you know, 20, 30, maybe even as high as a hundred thousand less than you did. Cause you know, you got, you got, you got killed with the FOMO, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. I think of all things, you know, we see it in the comic community uh, and it hurts people a lot. But when it comes to real estate, and you're talking, you know, half million dollar transactions, FOMO is definitely a killer. Yeah. You know, uh, FOMO uh, definitely is a curse word, in my opinion. Yeah, that fear of missing out. It's like, hey, man, you got to let that one go, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't know what you're adopting at that point. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
on to the fixer upper thing though it's it's still always a good if you're capable and you're you have the skill set or you're you have the funding to hire the professional to do it there right now in just the wasilla or in the matsu and anchorage there's only 24 listings that have the fixer upper designation added to them mm. but and they range anywhere from you know hundred thousand there's a there's a remote property for twenty eight five here, all the way up to three, three four, four hundred thousand. There's a six hundred thousand listed as that. So you just gotta yeah. make sure you're definitely aware of what your budget is. Stick to your budget. Create a plan. Get your inspections done. Know what you're getting into before you close that deal. And but doing it right, you, there's definitely a, a lot of people can make a good living off of. Oh yeah, off of flipping. I'm not. I'm not deterring uh, people from flipping as long as they're capable and understand what they're getting into with flipping. Yeah, because they could end up upside down really quickly. It's, it's easy to get out of control. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know you, you're looking at uh, uh, the the capital that you need, even if you're doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're going to need to purchase or know how to rent the equipment to do the repairs. And, yep. uh, the, the other thing I would say, listings, it may not say fixer-upper or the fixer-upper designation, but if you look in, you know, if your realtor looks in the in the confidential notes and it says as is, nine out of ten times, I would think that that's a fixer-upper because yeah. the, 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 the person cannot, uh, I think they usually mention that the buyer's not capable of uh yeah, the seller. Excuse sell. me, the seller yeah. is not capable of a. Uh, or it's a repairs. trust, or it's a, an yep. estate sale, and the family right. doesn't know anything about the property. They don't want to get. They don't have the funds to fix it because it just came up to them. Yeah, out of nowhere, yeah. and yeah, as is is our. Uh, those are interesting ones sometimes. Yeah, because I've done. Uh, I think I've done two estate sales so far, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Luckily, knock on wood, no issues. Yeah. But, you know, having to reiterate with the with the buyer, hey man, this is an as is, and but uh, you know, you get your disclosures out quickly. You know, the uh, was it the disclosure, the waiver? Yeah, the, the state of Alaska property disclosure, the uh, waiver. The waiver. Usually, just the like family me. members don't have. I've never lived in the there. house. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and those are usually. Uh, uh, I haven't. Once again, I, I haven't run into any dishonesty in that part. You know, if they say they don't know, they don't know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think people understand. Uh, uh, as realtors, we're not allowed to coach people on those either. Mm-hmm. It's illegal. Yeah, we're your resource Yeah, for that. We can help you find the right person that can give you the right answers that you're needing, but yeah, yeah. we can't coach on yeah, go ahead and uh, yeah, don't write that or go ahead and disclose that, but don't. Dis- we mm-hmm. can't do any of that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to just tell them, hey, you know, uh, fill it out to the best of your ability. Fill it out to your best of your ability. Mm-hmm. So. If you think someone would be find it an interesting thing, definitely include include mm-hmm. that in there. Or even yeah. if you don't, if it's something you know, cover your butt yeah. and put it in there. See why. And uh, the buyers out there listening to this and the sellers, uh, uh, we will not lie on your behalf either. Mm-mm. No. So, yeah, they, we're not lawyers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're not, law- not going to lie on your behalf. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, and if you're a lawyer listening to this, uh, I, I supervise judicial services in Anchorage. Uh, I know lawyers better than lawyers know themselves. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, uh, but if you are a lawyer and want to come on, but and if you want to come on us, and have a chat, come on out. Yeah, uh, I would love to debate with you uh, over a cup of coffee, and and I know obviously jo- jo- in a jovial manner. Yeah, you know, I have I have several longtime friends that are attorneys, and I tease them about this. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, once again, lying on our part, the the. Well, we took an oath being yeah. realtors. That's that's kind of what sep- not it's not what separates, but it's a big separation of what a just a regular real estate licensee and a realtor is. It's the oath that we take. The oath. That's right. And and you know we can't. You know, even as times are hard, and I was talking about you know I, I worry sometimes of real some of the realtors that have put themselves in uh, situations you know with their their quality of life if they're going to make bad decisions mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know. Um, the good realtors are all trained and know to, when things are not good, to walk away. Walk yeah. away from the transaction. It's yeah, okay to a, walk that's, away. That's something that I, I've learned that many just consumers don't know, like buyers and sellers alike, that we can fire a client also. If oh, it's yeah. not a good fit for us or you're asking us to do you know, shady techniques or anything like that, yeah. we, we can walk away and we can terminate any contracts with, with the client as well. Yeah, I've had a, a one client... Um, they wanted to lock up one property with an offer, but they were actually looking at two others, and they mm-hmm. were hoping that uh, if the two others didn't work out, then the one that they wanted to lock up would be like their third choice. I was like, yeah. oh, man. I had, as uh, for shady things, he was testing me in a sense. He wanted to put a, a cash offer on a, on a property, um, and he wanted to send me a proof of funds from a year ago when he had sold his other property. So mm. he had this big chunk of change in there. Yeah. And just he's like, just until this new check comes in. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, my friend. No. We're not going to be getting into fraud right there. No. It, it's, some, it's amazing what some people are willing to try to get past you. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, they'll keep hunting around until they find someone to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Yeah, they, uh, uh, for us, it's the ability to walk away. Yeah, you know, because uh, you know you, you've got like that one situation. You know, you, you've you've got the individual that wants to lock up some person's property, and they don't understand. And sometimes there's antisocial people out there. My background in law enforcement, you know, it's a small percentage of people of the population that's antisocial. But when you run into one, mm-hmm. uh, they they stick out. You know, because it's all about them. Yeah. It's all about them. And, you know, there's, they literally do not register the feelings of the other person or, you know, what's going on with the, they could care less Mm -hmm. about what's going on with the seller. So it's like, hey, you know, this seller, you're asking the seller to take their home off of the market now when the heart, when the market might be hot, you're asking them or a challenging market and you're asking them to take the, take this home off the market knowing that your offer is really not sincere, you know, the consequence is that you're going to lose your earnest money. Yep. You know, that's payment to that individual for you removing their home off the market in a dishonest manner. It's not like going to like Walmart or Target back in the day and putting things on layaway. Yeah. And then you're not picking, not following through with it. It's, it's way different. You're messing with other people's. That is a perfect analogy. That's literally what they're trying to do. They're trying to put this half million dollar home on layaway, mm-hmm. knowing that they're not prepared to actually commit to that purchase, yeah. 
and it's forcing us to do a lot more pre-screening. You mm-hmm. know, I just had one uh, I'll fall through, and I thought, you know, my pre-screening was was pretty accurate, but. And, and, and the one situation I had, the person, uh, my client was a 1099 uh, contractor, so self-employed. Mm-hmm. And now I had pre-approval from, uh, uh, from their lender. Their lender confirmed that they understood that this person was 1099, and, uh, which is interesting because when, when we say 1099, that's just self-employed. Yeah. Uh, that's also the code for... Uh, 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 that's the 10 code for the troopers for someone that has a warrant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I always associate it with something bad. But uh, so for all my law enforcement friends that are listening, it's not the person's not wanted. <laughs> it's uh, 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 you're self-employed, so you file instead of a W-2, it's a 1099. Well, um, it ended up falling through because the uh, I'm finding these out-of-state lenders, especially these big, you know, lending Companies that have, you know, that they're—I forget the the term for them—but essentially, they they just have a pool of other lend of actual banks and stuff. They they're they're essentially a uh, uh, they're the salesperson, right? Like the brokerage. They're the brokerage. Yeah. They 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 uh, 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 they don't own the bank. They're not the one cutting you the they're check. Not the ones they're finding you the funding. They're yeah. finding. They're the middleman. Yeah, they're the middleman. They're finding you the the, the underwriter. That's gonna. Uh, long story short, your good, your good lenders, your good uh, brokerage companies, will do as close. A pre-screening as possible, like an underwriter. Mm-hmm. They're thinking like the underwriter, because the last thing you want is to make it to the finish line, and then you don't fund because the underwriter did not agree with what the yeah. the brokerage saw. Yep, you know, and it's aggravating. Yeah, there's like, there's even several lenders, and I think we're having one or two on here pretty soon that uh, they get underwriter approval. Before we even get the letter that says, before we start shopping. And that's who, you know, that's who we need to be using. Mm-hmm. And, and that's money. also a big, big help for buyers, too. A lot of buyers, they want to find the house and then get the financing. But there, there's no time for that, really. Because you find that house, and if it's a house you absolutely love, chances are there's somebody else that loves it and is already more prepared than you. And they can get right. the deal done a lot quicker. So having these types of qualifications, it's the ones that are underwritten and approved that way have hold so much more strength to their offer versus somebody that just has, yeah, I just checked that they have funding or that they, they have a job and they're qualified at what they told me, but they don't dig deeper. Your, your offer at that point is way stronger than that other person, especially if they're similar offers. Right. You know, I, I, it's getting to the point now that I'm starting to make a mental list of... Uh, all the bad lenders, all the mm-hmm. bad uh, uh, companies out there. Yeah, you know, and you know, obviously your client makes the final decision. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm definitely going to be giving them an educated uh, experience on each one. You know? Yeah, uh, because uh, uh, you know you, you get this what looks like a sweet deal, and then hey man, now your house has been off the market for 45 days, and you find out that it was never going to fund mm-hmm. ever. You know. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because even if we're representing the buyer in situations like that, we don't want the seller to 
to lose out on anything or to no. feel like they we put them out. And it's we never will intentionally do anything like that. But we also feel for the other side. We want the transaction to go as smooth as possible. It yeah. makes both parties happy, and it all comes down to lending and get, or it comes down to being able to close. And is who's going to be able to, be, to close the smoothest? Well. Uh, I look at it too, and I think you look at it the same. Uh, um, I don't want the other side, the other realtors, to associate my name with bad transactions. Mm-hmm. You know, because that—that's also a bad thing. Repu- it, reputation in this industry is big. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. So I, I sometimes you have a bad uh, a bad situation. You just as long as you're honest about it, I think that helps. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't make things better. But at least uh, they know that you did everything. You know, you, you disclosed everything. You were as honest as possible about yep. the transaction. Yeah. You know, you, you can't you, you can't uh, know everything about your client. You know. Yeah. Uh, we try to. We, we try, try to build to. a relationship more than just a, That's a right. customer. That's why my customer and clients are so different because mm-hmm. we have a relationship with our clients and. Right. That's where we. It's it's just important to me, at least. My 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 whole business is relationship based. Well, well my point. I, I think my point on that one is, uh, uh, you know, as as strong as a relationship as we try to have with our clients, sometimes they make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe they make that. I haven't had this happen yet, but you know, maybe they make that bad purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they get a credit card or they get a car before closing, and then yeah. all of a sudden they. <laughs> They've ruined the whole transaction. Yeah, and, uh, and it could be such fund. an innocent innocent mistake, too, that they don't yeah. mean to do anything on purpose to risk right. the transaction. But that's also where we come in and we have to do the coaching and help mm-hmm. them get through, make sure they make the smart decisions, talk to their lenders before any big purchases and stuff like that. So, that's again, that's where it's a good, it helps to have a good realtor on your side so you yeah. make sure you get the home that you want. Well, and, and you know, uh, now I've represented uh, sellers before. I had one uh, uh, that was kind of a nightmare, but it, it was just lack of education. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having to do a lot of education on that one. You know, the, the just before the inspection, uh, this individual decided that they were going to remove all the smoke detectors. And mm-hmm. the reason they removed all the smoke detectors is because they were a gamer and... Uh, the uh, the beeping sound of the low battery on the smoke detectors aggravated them, <laughs> <laughs> and I was fit to strangle this individual. <laughs> but you were like, "All right, <clears throat> uh, I'm not going to sit." You know, because you gotta you gotta take a couple of breaths. Because you're like, "Man, I really there's things I want to say that are going to be very hurtful for this individual." Yeah. But I think I need to stick with the education part, you know, and I, I, I let them know, um, you know, just from my law enforcement background, the, you know, here are the facts and here are the consequences, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, you know, uh, you remove all the smoke detectors from the home. There's multiple consequences potentially here. Oh, yeah. Number one, you, f- you failed inspection, they walk away. Number two, you're home insurance finds out that you did that and then they drop you as a client Mm -hmm. and now you don't have any home homeowners insurance which has happened before Mm -hmm. because you're failing to protect your home and if you lose your homeowners insurance the bank will 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 nail you because you don't have insurance yep and you're supposed to have insurance to protect their investment Mm -hmm. so it like it's just this big cycle and then they have the aha oh yeah i probably shouldn't have done that yeah, you probably should have just switched out the batteries, you know, once a year, like they recommend all the time. 
it's telling you to do it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the beeping noise. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's all, that's. Oh. Uh, yeah, the things we come across sometimes. Uh, I I know also uh, <clears throat> uh, some other issues that you'll have is, uh, and this one I haven't had yet. I'm sure it'll happen, but the divorcees, mm-hmm. where, uh, especially if they're recently divorced, um, you know they hey the the home is in my name, so we can sell it, mm-hmm. and then you find out halfway through the transaction that uh the other the other party in the divorce still has legal claim to the home yep. and they're supposed to be involved in the transaction yeah they have a say in it yeah and uh, you don't find out until much later and then all of a sudden you got to re- redo PSAs and everything else mm-hmm. there was one realtor uh, uh, that I know uh, that we both that we both know uh, that uh, and I hope I'm not uh, screwing up the details but essentially um, it was that situation where the one individual, the one party was like, this is my house. I've been living in it. It was awarded to me. There's lawyers involved at this point. And the other party's like, no, uh, I still have claim on the home. Here's the legal documentation. Here's all the filings that we're doing right now to make sure that everyone understands that I still have a claim on the home and I, I deserve half of whatever the home sells for. And by the way, my new uh, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, uh, is a realtor, and I want them to handle the transaction. Mm, I hadn't heard this one. Yeah. So <laughs> there was this big battle going on, and mm. finally uh, uh, cooler heads prevailed. The one realtor that we know was able to um, uh, move forward with the transaction. However, it was super painful because what was happening was every time they received an offer, the other party, uh, who whose significant other was a realtor, an out-of-state realtor, by the way, would sabotage the transaction. No, 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 no. I could get way more for this house. I could get way more for this house. Mm-hmm. And, and that's emotion. That's not professionalism. They're making that decision based off of emotion. Yeah. And Especially uh, if you don't know the market out here. Right. And yeah. they didn't know the market. So what was happening was... Uh, uh, the, uh, a couple of times that they fell out of uh, uh, the transaction there because the, the, he uh, the the party was rejecting the the offers. Mm. You know the the primary was like, yeah, this is a great offer. I'd really like to get out of this home. It's too big of a home for me. I can't mm-hmm. afford the payments for much longer. And the other party was like, I'm really happy that you're suffering. So let's keep this going. And finally, um, the lawyers got involved again and. The one lawyer for the primary basically made a, a solid argument of, you're doing this now to cause more damage. Mm-hmm. And if you cause more damage to this transaction, we're going to hold you civilly liable for all the damage that you're causing. And things worked out. Yeah. Finally, the consequence of, oh, well, if I keep doing this just to, because I, I'm being a jerk, if I keep sabotaging these transactions just to be a jerk, I can actually be held civilly liable for yeah. this. And even if I lose, even if I prevail in court, I'm still going to lose because the court fees and the lawyer fees to defend a case like that is going to be ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. you figure, hell, retainer on most cases is ten thousand dollars, so you know, that's probably looking at about thirty thousand dollars in legal fees. So it's not you know, cheap. No, <laughs> yeah. just to be a jerk. Yeah. Right? So, um, and 
you know, when lawyers are involved, it could be a good thing and a bad thing, depending on which side you're on, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, people should know when, when, when you're seeing transactions like that, uh, especially if like you've been divorced. Maybe you should work it out with uh, the other individual. Make sure that you have a document from the. Uh, that's the other thing too that's happening is, uh, uh, and you see it all the time with divorces, is that everything is done uh, verbally. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need something from the court signed by a judge saying that you are authorized to sell this home and that the home is yours and that you're the primary signatory for the, for this whole transaction. Otherwise, Wait, before we go, before we step in and get listings right. going and stuff, yeah, definitely. That's right. We 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 need all of that before mm-hmm. we start because this is what's going to happen. Oh no, no, we're good. We no. Things change all the time. Yep. All the time. You know, uh, uh, you see it in, in life all the time, that individual. And this is, not specula- this is not speculation. I think we've all seen this. If you know divorce parties, everyone's cool until the divorce, one of the divorce parties starts dating again. Yeah, find that does else. rage. That, that sends some people into doing some things they normally wouldn't do. That they normally wouldn't do. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it's just little, it's little jabs that turn into just all-out attacks mm-hmm. because they're hurt. Yeah. You know, because, uh, uh, yeah, they signed the divorce paperwork and stuff, but in their heads, they thought that there was a chance of getting back together or, you know, you you, you know, in, in my line of business, we used to see people that literally viewed the other party as, as their property. Mm-hmm. Or an ego trip. or an ego trip, yeah. 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 It's man, unfortunate. Th- man, this got dark. <laughs> it got dark, boy. But it happens, man. Divorce, di- divorce isn't happy, man. There, no, there's a reason why. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the stuff that you see you know, on TV and stuff, you know, the Disney Channel divorces, that's not how it usually goes, man. They usually, people's feelings are hurt, man. Yeah. You know? it, it, it is. It's... I've seen some pretty nasty ones. I've seen some pretty amicable ones also. So there, yeah. there's there's hope out there. There is hope. Um, so you just got to be mature about it. Yeah, I think usually if uh, people sought out counseling and stuff mm-hmm. or they have a, a strong family uh, 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 connections, you know, the, or they're listening to the right people, mm-hmm. and, you know, they or they walk away uh, knowing, hey, you know, this is just going to be more painful if we... Yeah. If we continue fighting and stuff, yeah, I'll sign, you sign. Everybody treats each other fair, and that's it, you know. But uh, unfortunately, that's not always what happens, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I am seeing a little bit of an uptick. Uh, maybe just socially, but or maybe it's just my, what I'm seeing in social media. But um, like with the new co- with co-parenting getting as popular as it's becoming. Oh yeah, and and. I hope I never have to get divorced or anything right, like that. Right. But if I do, like we, my wife actually and I, we have already talked about it. Like we're gonna do what's best for our son, and if right. that's you know being close still and doing things together and and co-parenting the best of our ability. That's um, the most important thing is our son's upbringing to us. Right. And so I mean, we're not talking anything about divorce, and but no, we're like no, if no. it ever happened, we're yeah. not gonna. We're, we've already made it a mental note to be as mature as we can and. And I, I think more people need to have these types of conversations with each other. And, yeah. you know, nothing's a guarantee. Something might come up or people change over lifetimes. And it's 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 so exhausting trying to be negative all the time. Right. And that's I think people just need to start realizing that and just get out of the darkness. Yeah. Get out of that darkness. Don't uh, uh, don't treat it like a competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, your your kids uh, will. 
<clears throat> we'll thank you for it later. Definitely. They yeah. will definitely thank you for it. I later. think society will thank for it later because oh, yeah. all that hatred is stemming off into your children and yeah. it just breeds it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, they do... It, the kids do see and hear everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's how they feel like they're supposed to react when, when they yeah. get in similar situations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, the... These are just some of the things that'll complicate a, a real <laughs> yeah. estate transaction, you know. Um, little, little little tangent there. <laughs> yeah, but you know it, it it does happen. You know um, the let's look at the market right now. Yeah, uh, the, the market is is there's buyers out there still. There's there's just not a whole lot out there. Um, I did just a quick search of homes in the Matsu. Um, just active status right now, not not coming soon or pendings, and I, I made it so it's existing structures or brand new construction that's complete or is already under construction. And there's only 224 active listings, and not all. And I'd say at least a, a third of those are off the road system, so they're considered more of a recreational property or a fly-in mm. only. So in the heart of just Wasilla and. Um, uh, and Palmer, let's see what we got. Let's throw Big Lake in there also, since that's a grown area. Um, the numbers look like it drops down to 144. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that's a lot. And, and ni- 2019, 2018, at any given time, we would have you know, four to 600 active listings is what I'm told. So oh, we're, wow. we're way below our... Uh, are normal for listings, and that's why we're seeing our uh, our list to our sold to list ratio is is climbing again. The last two months we've been below ninety eight, ninety six percent, and now the, in April we're one hundred point two percent. Damn. Yeah, and to give you a little thing, back in March of of last year when we were in the height of the low interest rates and everything, we were getting one hundred three percent. So we're starting to tick back up because there's no homes out there. So it's a great time to be a seller still. Um, There's the buyers out there. We just don't have the inventory for them to go. And so every home's starting to get more and more competing offers again. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, um, we're feeling, we're feeling it. Um, with my buyers, they've been, it's the frustration of not being able to find their. Yep. The, the, you know they they see something they want, and they're either getting outbid or they it's just it it's not ex- it's in the right price range, but then the worst location for them mm-hmm. it doesn't work out for yep. them. You know? Yeah, it's and we're also seeing a little bit of a shortage on on uh, so a lot of people are getting disheartened and just saying, well, we're just going to rent until something changes. But even rentals are short right now, and the prices of rentals are climbing as well. So wow. it, it's 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 yeah. the shortage that we have right now is it's affecting everybody. Yeah, builders uh, and investors should be looking at rental properties right now, mm-hmm. uh, purchasing and, and building those right now. Yeah, because there's definitely a there, uh, there's a whole uh, this new generation doesn't want to be homeowners. Uh, uh, based off of the percentages and the census that they've done with them, all of those surveys and stuff, the majority of them are more than happy to rent 
they don't want home ownership. They 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 like that uh, uh, that being able to move, um, being able to change jobs. Yeah, you know, uh, if you're if you're uh, one of those people that falls into the average that changes jobs uh, uh, every five years or more frequently, that could be detrimental for uh, financing on a. Uh, on a home <clears throat> especially if you're changing careers or yeah, the field also exactly mm-hmm. which is happening yeah yeah uh covid caused that for sure people started reflecting on wow i really hate this profession i'm gonna we'd try be able to work new. from home like oh i can this yeah. is awesome traveling every i know a lot of people that have traveled once a lot of the restrictions lifted up and yeah or they moved into van life a lot that got really popular wow i have a i have a friend that was out here she and her now husband they uh they retrofitted a van and they traveled the states and i think even down south even further and they had a blast wow yeah um it's interesting how everything changed after that it's Mm -hmm. completely changed the market everything let's talk comic books yeah blue beetle blue beetle the new trailer from dc comics uh when you have, if that movie succeeds, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll we'll talk about this amount again after the movie, because uh, what was it? Uh, Bloodshot with uh, uh, when they announced it that uh, what's his name from uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, uh, Vin Diesel was mm-hmm. playing him. Right, that book spiked. Trailer comes out. Trailer looks good. Book is spiking, climbing up in value. The movie is a bomb by critics. Uh, I think part of it was, uh, I think that was like right around when the closures were about to go down. Mm -hmm. So there was nobody going to the theaters. But it just bombed financially. Just a financial bomb. And so that book just plummeted in value again. Right now, we're looking at the first appearance of Blue Beetle, uh, Mystery Men Comics number one. You've got a high sale of fifteen thousand dollars for that book right now, which is the really? uh, first appearance of uh, of uh, uh, what's his name, uh, um, <clears throat> Garrett, who is the original Blue Beetle. That's when you see the trailer where you see a uh, uh, Blue Beetle inside the, the the kid is inside, like essentially like a bat cave. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Garrett, the uh, the first. Uh, the first Blue Beetle, because there's been three of them. There's a yeah. Garrett, Cord, and Reyes. Reyes is the one that we're seeing the movie on right now. Okay, but uh, 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 Reyes is the newest one. Now, if you look at Reyes, his first appearance as the Blue Beetle, uh, Infinite Crisis number three, uh, you're looking at a, a twenty dollar book. Because the original Blue Beetle, that's where the money is right mm-hmm. now, right? And that, you know, that was back in 2006. That other book I just looked at, uh, uh, that was 15 grand. That, that book came out in 1939. Oh, that's wow. how old that character is. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so are you seeing um, the more and more of value being depending on how well the movies are doing? Yes. Yeah. 100. Because uh, the new. That wasn't a thing in the past. Mm-hmm. So I have an entire section here at the shop of Golden Age books. I've got them for like three and five bucks. People think I'm insane, you know, for selling them at those prices. They, 
this should be a hundred dollars. This should be a thousand dollars, dude. This book was 1940s. You mm. know, that's not what the market's dictating right now because the new generation links it to what is prevalent right now, what is popular right mm. now. If it's not something they understand or care about, they they put no value to it, so they're not making those purchases. Yeah, and the guys that are purchasing the blue chip books, you know, the the your Fantastic Four number ones, your Amazing Fantasies, you know, your, your Tales of Suspense, first appearance of Thor, first appearance of uh, Iron Man. Those are your age forty five and older, but the uh, 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 which is called Let It Ring. Um, but uh, your younger collectors, they don't care about that stuff. Mm. That's not doesn't affect them. Yeah, they're they're purchasing Tyler Kirkham, uh, you know, a new artist. You know, they're purchasing his. Uh, I think I think the comic was called Ninja Funk that just came out, and from what I hear, the book is trash. Mm. But uh, uh, they that book. You know, they exaggerate the value on that book. That book, 100, 200 bucks, sometimes 300 bucks for these covers that just came out last year. Mm-hmm. And yet a blue chip book, oh, well, not a blue chip book, but a golden age book from the 1930s isn't commanding that price, wow. which is crazy. <clears throat> Do you feel that, like, all the Marvel movies and the Avengers and all them, have, have they helped or hurt the industry when it comes to this? Because <clears throat> those movies have always been a huge success, and at least the main core ones. I um, some argue uh, there's argument on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, the the interest in the movies isn't exactly translating into the comic shops yet, unless the comic shops can make it entertaining. Mm. Um, if <clears throat> if the Movies were in fact influencing the comic book industry. I don't think we'd have a decline in comic shops right now. Yeah, but we do, you know, and that's because of the digital age. And you still have some that refuse to read books. They they like seeing the movie, but mm-hmm. they have no interest in the source material. Yeah. With that being said, have I seen new customers come into the shop because of a movie? Yes. But it's not like if the if if a hundred thousand people in Alaska went and saw Endgame, those hundred thousand aren't running to the comic book shop immediately after. Yeah. Maybe a thousand. You know? Mm. So that that that's that kind of uh puts puts things in perspective. So yeah. there is some residual benefit, but it's not super big. Uh with that being said, though, last night we had a, a Star Wars theme, you know, May the Fourth Be With You, um, and uh, we we painted Grogu and the Mandalorian, right? Awesome. And that was, uh, uh, that was a lot of young people here for that, you know, that the, the shop was full mm-hmm. uh, uh, w- 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 with, that, with that age group. But those same kids, they're buying the toys, but they're not, at least not yet, they're not buying... Uh, the books. The book, though. Yeah. They're not buying the book. Now, if you have a coloring book or something, they're buying that. Uh, sticker books, they buy those. Now, interesting, though, the one book that is benefiting from movies and cartoons is Sonic. 
Really? I sell out on that book all the time. Really? I can't explain it. Wow. That's all ages, too. Is I've there got grown any, adults buying it, and i got little kids buying it. Is there any reference in like the films towards the reading at all? I'm curious to see if there's any i got to be honest. I haven't, uh, that's the I haven't movie seen the I haven't yet. seen. I heard good things about I, it. Yeah, I always hear good things about that it. Was, I've never heard anything bad. That was one of the first movies that I re- can think of that the community has such a big input into it where they actually went in and changed things about them oh yeah that's right i remember yeah. that because they the way they had his his eyes cgi'd initially it pissed off all the fans yeah. and they actually changed it because they can't i mean right now that you know sonic was such a huge game back in the day too you re, that gaming generation now has a big voice oh yeah and it was it was one of the first ones where i've seen where it made a change and actually and they actually listened and they made the movie better that's what i'm told yeah well uh i have not heard anyone come in here and say that movie sucked Mm-hmm. Nobody, and I've seen all ages, and I think, okay, I think I can get it. Why Sonic is so successful? Because it, uh, it's one of those things. Now I don't want to get all crazy. Mm-hmm. This is saving families all <laughs> over the nation, but it is one of those things that I've noticed that families are bonding over. Dad or mom is taking their kids to go see Sonic, mm-hmm. and they're both having a positive experience. Yeah. So then they're continuing that positive experience and reinforcing it with the books because those movies don't come out frequently, Mm -hmm. you know, and that might be the issue too. So Sonic, I think, uh, I'd have to look it up, but I'm assuming it's a couple of years between each movie, whereas Marvel and DC are putting out a movie like every six months. Yeah. So maybe that, that might be influencing, uh, those sales because, they want something placeholder. They want a filler. They want a placeholder. So that comic book is a placeholder right now. Um, The other thing, too, is that uh, with the MCU in particular, it doesn't necessarily reflect what's going on in the comic books right now. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the storylines are a lot darker in the comic books. Uh, Some of the storylines are a lot are becoming a lot more political, depending on who the writer is. And that's turning people off. Mm Uh, DC tends to stay as dark as they are in their animated stuff. Uh, when they try to make the DC movies goofy and trying to copy, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or something else, they tend to fail because people read the source material and they're like, whoa, that's way, not even remotely close. Mm-hmm. The, that character's way darker, you know, and that character wouldn't be making those jokes or yeah. taking this lightly, you know. So uh, 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 I think there's a disconnect there because it's not, it's totally not reflecting what you're seeing, you know, in the MCU. Uh, Captain Marvel's a good example. Captain Marvel does not sell well in the shop. Mm. Uh, but Captain Marvel has a pretty decent storyline in the comic books. Uh, in the MCU, you got Carol Danvers, she's this strong, independent woman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Brie Larson hasn't really done much favors to the character, depending on. You know whose opinion you follow on mm-hmm. that, but in the comic book, uh, something that they can't do in the MCU because there's no chemistry there. In the comic book, she's dating uh, 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 what's his name, Rhodes. Yeah, that, that that's her that's her boyfriend in the comic books. They have a serious relationship throughout all the comic books. Uh, they met and uh, um, he's done adventures with her with the armor and everything else, right? So uh, that. 
that does not get reflected in the in the movies at all. Mm. There's not there's no inkling of that at all. As a matter of fact, when you see uh, uh, the actor who portrays him, uh, uh, when you see them in interviews, there's like no chemistry at all between the two of them. So <laughs> definitely not going to work in the in, uh, in the movies where it does work in the comic books. And she's way more powerful in the comic books for the most part. But they, uh, the other thing too is the source stuff. Like uh, they. They basically eliminated um, uh, Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, who gave her her powers in the first place in the comic book. So mm. you're not seeing that reflect. Hell, they redconned that whole storyline, which was kind of an insult to people because the hardcore readers were like, "Well, uh, <clears throat> even the uh, you know number one, they flipped the genders. It was that doctor who was." Marvel, uh, although she's a respected actress, uh, who was Brie Larson's mentor during the whole thing, uh, during the movie. Mm-hmm. But then you look at uh, um, in the comic books, Marvel, who was a Cree, shows up on Earth, uh, bonds with a kid. It's kind of like the Shazam thing. The kid has the the bands, and when he puts the bands on, he becomes Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel, the way they killed him off. Uh, um, who it was I think a st- uh, Starling wrote the the storyline but they wanted to Marvel was really good at trying to show uh, real life situations with the readers and try to uh, 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 make a connection that everybody was affected by a certain problem so in this case uh, Death of Captain Marvel which was a, a highly sought after book it was uh, it was a big book back in the day he dies from cancer. And it's because a lot of people were starting to die from this mysterious disease back in those days. I think it was like in uh, early 80s or whatever, where it was starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. There was no social media, no internet back then. So it was starting to make the magazine and the press say, hey, there's this thing called cancer that's killing people. So they took the flagship of Marvel and killed him with cancer nothing else could kill him as a matter of fact that issue was so profound because at the end of that issue thanos shows up and thanos is like man i i couldn't kill you but this earthbound disease killed you mm. you know yeah we can't find a cure for it. so it was it was pretty deep and then it showed the young readers okay well uh everybody can be affected by the, i'm not the only person who lost their granddad mm-hmm. or their dad to this mysterious thing or their mom to this mysterious thing uh, uh there's a superhero now one of the most powerful superheroes in the universe gets affected and killed by it yeah they could have ran with that in the movie but they decided to completely redcon and delete that that ever happened mm-hmm. in the movie so i think that's where there's that disconnect too because if i if i tell a kid that's a Captain Marvel fan about that storyline. They, they have no idea. They, they, they go by the MCU being the gospel of what actually Marvel Comics is supposed to be when it's the reverse. You yeah. know. <clears throat> yeah. So that was my nerd moment. <laughs> but it's it's a cool book. You know, they've actually done a a, a remake on that cover a couple of times. So I got it because it's Death holding uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Oh, and, I, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, and Death is a big character because you know in the in the end in the whole that whole Thanos storyline in the MCU, um, the reason Thanos was trying to get the Gauntlet to kill half of the universe had nothing to do with. Uh, uh, 
helping with uh, resources, right? Mm-hmm. In the comic book, it was because he he was in love with Mistress Death, and he was trying to impress her. So he felt that if he basically uh, gave her this gift of all these lives, billions of lives all at once, that he'd win her over. Which wow. is actually yeah, which is actually pretty interesting because that then uh, it connects to here's the silliness of Marvel because then uh, it, that connects to Deadpool while Deadpool can't be killed. Deadpool and Death were in love. Death is like in love with Deadpool in the comic books. It's ridiculous, but that's just the storyline. So funny. she is in love with Death, and Thanos is so jealous of Deadpool that Thanos gave Deadpool immortality so that he can never be with Death. That's why Deadpool can't die. That's oh, in the wow. comic books. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> that's an awesome storyline. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, so as like the movie and, and book relations, how do you feel the movies of Deadpool portrayed the, the storyline of the books? Oh, I think they they stayed uh, uh, pretty loyal in terms of, uh, I mean, there's some things, the book really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Th- that's one of the, the few situations where it's the reverse. Yeah. Uh, there really wasn't a big fan base for Deadpool uh that movie's an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' portrayal and love for the character and his love and loyalty to the creator, uh, Rob Liefeld, that is totally, like, that should have never worked. And it did. Because if you look at the original Deadpool, he was not joking at all. In, in New Mutants 98, his first appearance, he was an assassin. Mm. And then they started developing him over and over. And... Uh, Probably the best version of Deadpool that kind of reflects what Ryan Reynolds did is Scotty Young's version of Deadpool. Scotty Young is uh, more comical and stuff. Uh, he, right now, he writes a book called uh, Strange Academy, which is really cool. It's a uh, uh, that comic book is a uh, uh, imagine Hogwarts, you know, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, but in the Marvel universe, and uh, the the school is run by Doctor Strange. Okay. And the principal is uh, Mr. Voodoo. And so it's awesome. Yeah. It is an awesome book. And it's all these uh, magical-powered uh, kids from the Marvel Universe that are attending the, uh, the Strange Academy. Mm. And Scotty Young created that. So Scotty Young, in my opinion, was one of the best writers for Deadpool. Because that, that Deadpool series, that particular series, uh, which I think only did 50 issues, was really cool. There was another one that's uh, Deadpool and Spider-Man where they teamed up. It, it, it's a team-up, but Spider-Man definitely was not a willing partner in it. Deadpool and his insanity thought that it was this great partnership, as yeah. the book is written. And that is a fantastic book. That's a fantastic read if people want to pick up that series or pick up the, the trade paperbacks for it. That, that's, it's hysterical. you know. And It's just how, how he's dragging Spider-Man through this adventure you know mm-hmm. uh, it, that he did not want any part of it and Deadpool's always the shit magnet that brings all this stuff with him <laughs> uh, another one in the comic books that I'd like to see in the MCU uh, is uh, uh, you know Deadpool is in love not in love like uh, 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 amorous but just worships Captain America and that's always been crazy storylines where Captain America obviously doesn't <laughs> Reciprocate and doesn't think very highly of Deadpool, but Deadpool would do anything for Captain America. And there's a storyline in uh, um, where Captain America 
in one universe is actually a secret agent for Hydra, okay. which is where that Hail Hydra yeah. thing came out, because that's an actual book. It's called Secret Empire, I believe. And uh, um, the covers, you'll know them because it has Captain America, but it has like, uh, it's a secret empire, and you'll see like the Hydra logo in the mm-hmm. in the whole thing. And uh, uh, Deadpool is going around killing for Captain America. Because <laughs> he, he he thinks Captain America is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, you know. But yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> there's sometimes where the comic book is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. I think that that's is true. one of the rare occasions where the movie is better than the book for the most part. And that's what I've, I mean. That seems to be across all genres and everything. The books are usually well; yeah. they're also more in depth and they can cover more. And, it, and stuff, but it, that's the Deadpool is an anomaly. That's yeah. rare, where the movie's way better mm-hmm. than the original. Books. I love the movies. Yeah, I can't get enough of the character. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan, though. So yeah, he, he can't do anything wrong by me. So yeah, one <laughs> of our first uh, date movies for Amy and I was a uh, uh, Deadpool. So that's why it's kind of a, a big thing for us. Yeah, and uh, but uh, um, yeah, it's. Uh, most of the books have actually been disappointing with the exception of that mm-hmm. Deadpool and Spider-Man yeah. team up. That was hysterical. That sounds awesome. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'll have to check really it out. Fun. Yeah, that one's really good. I got to see if I can get that trade book in here. That 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 would be a, a good book to pick up. It's actually really funny. Yeah. And the artwork's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's almost like Spider-Man's being held hostage the entire time throughout this whole thing. But in Deadpool's crazy mind, they're good to go. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, we're <laughs> Batman and Robin, you know? <laughs> I can see that. And I, I, I'm yeah. already just picturing his voice and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing, too. De- um, it's the reverse, right? Because for the first time ever, when you pick up a Deadpool comic book, you can hear the voice. Mm-hmm. You, everyone hears Ryan Reynolds' voice while they're reading Deadpool. Yeah. And prior to that, you know, it just, <clears throat> he wasn't that cool. It, it, to remember, uh, just so that you know, uh, Deadpool is a, uh, uh, essentially a, um, he's a mockery of uh, Deathstroke from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. So Deathstroke, which is a, he's a nemesis for uh, 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 Batman. He is a uh, uh, he has a healing factor. He was hit with a super soldier serum. He's blind in one eye, which is why he has half his face is on his mask is blacked out, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, um, the other, the other side is so he has like a black and yellow mask. The yellow is where his eye is, and the black is just blacked out. But he's like this super assassin who can um, he gets better as he fights because his intellect level is like it's above genius level you know he's actually smarter than Batman in the comic books and his name was Slade Wilson <laughs> and then Deadpool was created as a mockery of him yeah. because uh, he's also uh, um, uh, so Deathstroke is a, a, a mercenary for hire very honor bound by all his contracts whatever the contract is he honors it uh, no matter what and you know Wade Wilson also a mercenary you know uh, doing contracts and stuff it, it, but it, a mockery version of Deathstroke because Deathstroke is serious all the time mm-hmm. there's no jokes coming out from yeah. him you know, uh, and whereas Deadpool, we know what Deadpool is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's literally what he was. He's a when you compare the two characters side by side, you you can't deny the the, the similarities. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like what the hell? I'll show you the books here in a sec, but the covers, you, you look at them, and you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, it, Marvel and DC do that to each other all the time. Yeah, you know now uh, uh, everyone's all excited because that uh, that uh, new. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy that came out in the trailer you see oh that uh, came out today doesn't it yeah yeah and the one actor uh, God I see his name all the time and I can't remember he was the star from Firefly and uh, also uh, uh, that TV show The Rookie and anyway uh, he has a cameo in it and he has been rumored to be the new Wonder Man which mm. was Marvel's take on Wonder Woman yeah and uh, he uh, gets his powers uh Basically, he got his powers from Vision and Scarlet Witch. It's it, I'm way oversimplifying it, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a connection to uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch is why they think that they were going to be able to introduce him during the uh, the next season of the Vision Scarlet Witch story uh, series if they do one because mm. uh, he it matches up. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, they're really rolling with, that, about with that. those storylines. Yeah, because yeah. those obscure storylines that were. Not super popular, but they uh, they do well. People like them. Well, that's the placeholder. That's the new placeholder now. Is those yeah. offshoots and yeah, and then tying them in. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is a horrible selling comic book. Is it? Oh yeah, I could rarely sell those books in here. Uh, I don't even think I've ordered the new series. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ordered it. And they try to reboot it all the time. Really, it, it's horrible. I, I don't know what it is. It, uh, that's an example. Uh, that's another example. That I well, think that's the cast of the films are yeah. top notch. So, okay, so that's your second example. Deadpool mm-hmm. is one. Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy is the other one. That was I, I can't wait to go see the new one. Yeah, we have. A, so when um, that's one of the nicknames for my son is Groot. Oh, one of nice. his, one, one of our one of our first ultrasounds we had when, when my wife was pregnant with him, he was kind of dancing like the baby Groot at the end. Oh my god! He was like dancing God. like this with his arms waving. You can't see me doing it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. so we're like, oh, he looks just like Groot. So he's kind of stuck with him since. Oh my god! So it's kind of my wife and I's thing. And oh, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the, uh, 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 James Gunn has. A gift for that. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what he does with the authority. I've got the authority uh, in, in the shop here. That's that big giant book up there next to the Catwoman. That's the whole collection there. Oh, wow. That's another obscure book that didn't do that well, just like Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. But that's the source material right there if people want it. I, ha- I only have two of them in the shop. But that thing there, that team is like the Justice League, but they kill. Hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, and they're completely unhinged. <clears throat> like it, it's they're a dirty version of the Justice League. It's like uh, the boys, but more organized. Yeah, that's it's another like, movie. like if Homelander, if Homelander knew what he was doing, type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, because they have some powerful characters they do. on that team, the yeah. Authority. But uh, uh, that's another one. Uh, that's not a book that. I'm pretty sure if I looked at the, in the comic census, that's not a book that sold well back in the day. I hadn't Clearly heard of it before. Say, no. Until before the, the series came out. 
Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. I, I didn't know much about it. That's not a book that was on my radar, mm-hmm. but I have I have some hardcore readers here in the shop that talk to me about it. So then I started looking into it. I was like, oh, God. Speaking of like series yeah. now that, that, I, that I brought, because series are how I kind of get into the, the actual material stuff. And um, is there something for like Peacemaker and stuff like that with John Cena's role? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had the original uh, uh, Peacemaker books in here. They sell out all the time. Yeah. And then there's the new series that there's a new comic series just came out. Oh really? Peacemaker. Uh, uh, it's a limited series, and uh, uh, yeah, number one is up on the rack right now. It's totally bloody, just mm-hmm. like the the series would be. And 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 they're structuring him more towards the John Cena character. So. James Gunn is a genius when it comes to that. He's made it where uh, a lot of the new books, the real because Peacemaker did not do well mm-hmm. as a character prior to John Cena's portrayal of him. Yeah. That, that's not a he does a great job too. Yeah, so here he is now. He's made the character popular. So now when you look at the covers and stuff, it looks like John Cena on the cover. Mm. It doesn't look like the original Peacemaker anymore. Yeah. But like I said, I've had original issues of Peacemaker in here multiple times. And when you read them, they're horrible reads. They're not that good. Yeah. You know, they they were the book that you read it real quick, folded it up, put in your back pocket or tossed it. So that's why, I, you know, there's not many of them. But the the new stuff, the artwork, everything. Cause he, yeah. It, and the way they're able to draw them now is way more intense, too. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, so we do have that Peacemaker book in here, uh, the new one. It literally just launched this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just released this week. So that's James Gunn is a genius um, when it comes to the marketing side. So what he did was the day that he launched where he told the world what the new DC universe was going to look like, the cinematic universe, Mm -hmm. because he's also has influence on the comic side. And uh, Jim Lee who's one of the best artists from the 1980s, he just got uh, promoted to president of uh, DC Comics. Oh. And the way I understand it, Gunn is above him. And and uh, Jim Lee is just a fantastic artist. And, you know, obviously he, he was in, he's the one who, who uh, made X-Men cool in the 90s. Mm-hmm. All those badass covers from the 1990s, that's all Jim Lee, those X-Men covers. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he went to Image, and he brought us Wildcats and th- those cool characters. And when he went over to DC, because the way Image wrote their contract, that's not like Marvel. He was able to bring his his uh, creations over with him wherever he goes, because Image doesn't own your 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 stuff. They your intellectual just, property. No, they all they do is they uh, they distribute it for you. Mm. You know, so that's why Robert Kirkham made you know the money that he made with Walking Dead. And if Robert Kirkham decided to go to DC, he could take Walking Dead with him. Now the only problem is that once you go to DC or Marvel, they tend to try to lock you down. Yeah. And then they'll be like, "Well, that character, those are ours now. Now if we're going to pay you set amount of money, mm-hmm. so you never know." But uh, anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, J- James, uh, so what Gunn did. The day that he announced what the new DC Universe was going to be, he simultaneously had all of the source material reprints released at the comic book shops. So I was able to order all these books. And uh, uh, um, so it was awesome, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, next week we have... Uh, next week, oh, oh, we're going to have a lender on here. Yeah, I think we have a couple lenders lined up to yeah. start coming the next couple couple episodes here. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It's always great. I, I, like, I love talking with everybody in the industry. I, I, I just really enjoy this industry so much. There's so much to it that even if we had you know all day to talk about, we wouldn't even... Yeah cover half of it no and then everybody's so different individually that they run their businesses a little differently that they have different standards or and just little differences that are so big they can one person can be perfect for one deal and another person be great for the next deal exactly and so i, I just like networking that way and yeah. looking forward to talking with these lenders and seeing what they offer because they all offer they'll offer similar things but they also have a little bit of difference and uh and I think the listeners will benefit from I it do too. so that they'll yeah. hear, you know, what the expectations are, <clears throat> qualifications, things, the do's and do nots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the people that are going to be guests on the show, you know, they, they can make or break themselves too. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. If you, any of you listeners out there have any questions you want to ask that you don't want to talk to a lender just yet. Uh, yeah. Just message them, us. Them way. Yeah. Uh, message us. Uh, uh, I have uh, uh, Kevin's uh, contact information as well as mine. Uh, hit Kevin up uh, with any questions that you want passed on to the lender, and we'll, we'll go from yeah, there. Yeah, we'll get there. It's what in the got, description. What, uh, what do you have coming up? Any uh, any events coming out? Uh, so we've got free comic book day tomorrow. That's right. So free comic book day, swing by the shop. If you come in cosplay, you get an extra book. Awesome. So And that's a national thing. And then you can go and enjoy Art at Comic-Con on Sunday if you want. Uh, tickets are cheaper on Sunday. Mm. But uh, uh, definitely swing by the shop if you can. You know, we've got the coffee. We've got the energy drinks. We've got the uh, Italian ices and the ice drinks now that things are starting to warm up. Although I shouldn't have said that too loud because Alaska has an issue with <laughs> weather lately. Two days ago, we were getting dumped on snow, right? Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and that... and. Here, this is the time that kind of like segues into this here. Uh, next weekend, next Friday is the first day of the Palmer Fling, or the oh. Friday Fling out in Palmer. And yeah, that's to, right. to me, that's when spring finally kicks off. Yeah. It's always yeah. still hit and miss up until this time. And so hopefully it stays true for me. And we're just rolling into spring and summer now. And, and uh, what do you have going? Well, I'll be at that. Uh, that's my little tradition. Me and my son will go walk around. Yes. And, uh, I think my wife's off this year for it, so uh, we'll go walk around, enjoy the vendors, tons of food trucks, all yes. that. Yes, I get we usually get our honey from there sometimes. Yeah, and it's just a good time, and we live nearby, so it's just good to get out. Hopefully, the weather's nice. Um, so that's one thing, and then next month, uh, June 9th through 11th is the Palmer Colony Days. Yeah, so I know we're talking about as elite having another float in the parade like we did last year, and. Usually we have some type of cookout and customer appreciation, so we'll be on the lookout for that. I'll have more info on that as soon as we get there. Yeah, and we'll post it all in the description. And then just come out, and we'll meet, and we'll talk more about that as it gets closer, but those are all good things. This weekend, I think, is also the Wasilla and Palmer Community Cleanup Days. Oh, yeah. Out there. I know Palmer's, I think, is on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, meeting outside of the library and meet up. There's a little face painting for the kids. I think some food truck vendors will be there also, and... Nice. Um, I, think they, I think Wasilla does a similar thing as well. Get out there and just help clean up the community after you know, the wind blows things around, especially with the windstorms we've had these past two winters. It's, oh, yeah. It's been crazy. We, we were just driving down the um, yesterday, and, and one of the fence lines on the, this pasture uh, found uh, a neighbor found a missing 
barbecue cover from before, I think with the Thanksgiving wins that we had. Yeah. They found that. It was like a mile and a half away from their house. Uh, Kites, uh, sleds, and then just the random trash that after, you know, the ravens get into your trash cans and just blow it all around. Yeah. And we... I don't know. It's a little pride in our community. Just make sure we clean it up. Just keep keep the valley beautiful. So, well, uh, I hope everybody shows up to that. Yeah, that'd be great. See you out there. And uh, yeah, we will see you next episode coming soon. Coming soon. Stay right, tuned. Guys. Have Thank a good you. one. <laughs>